to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, video games, televisions, not in that order, and sometimes on separate podcasts. If you feel like, uh, you know, listening to these on separate podcasts, come over to patreon.com slash excitement inc where you can just you know pitch us a couple bucks maybe we can afford the hosting to have one movies and television show and one video game show all separate perhaps so you don't have to you know um be able to skip episodes if you don't feel like hearing video games or movies or in what order but most people tend to like the same and we get into depth on a lot of those how we feel about them rich yes what you've been watching oh so much Oh, so much. Well, first off, movies. Went yes. and saw Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. That's got that uh, that guy that uh, That's he got did the guy. Hamlet once. The dude he that did, did Hamlet the thing once. that and was the... It was a two-episode two yeah, tape. Yeah. I used to rent it from the library. Hamlet. Yeah. It was yes. Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Yes. So Gilroy Lockhart is in this. Yes. As a uh, investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is... The... Uh, Main investigator in a lot of Agatha mm-hmm. Christie stories mm-hmm. in which this is an Agatha mm-hmm. Christie story. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. There's a Gal Gadot in there? Oh, yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. Was Maeve from uh, Sex Education in there? She was. I'll watch it. Yeah. That was that was a lot of fun for me to was, be like, to be like, hey, I know her. Hey, I know him. Hey, you know. You know. So it was a lot of fun. Was that crazy fucking vaccine denying crazy bitch who was in Black Panther in it? Who that? It's it, exactly because we're not going to say her name because uh, she's fucking batshit. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> yes, she is. The little sister. Yes. Yeah. She is in it. Um, I don't even remember her Black Panther name. I don't even repeat I don't, it. I don't, All she I does is know. get on Twitter and talk shit about the fucking vaccine. Uh, Jesus. I know it's so, bad. Uh, it's bad. Uh, it's anyway, bad. so yeah, it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, not going to rush out and like see it again or anything, sure, but sure. it was definitely a really good. Was it Kenneth Branagh in a French accent? Yes. This sounds worth it. Sounds totally. Well, I, I mean, the the story put to screen is very, very engrossing. And so, you know, I love a good murder mystery. Yes. I love a good whodunit. And so this is more murder mystery than whodunit, but it was still very, very was good, good story. And portrayed very well. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Then last weekend, mm-hmm. went and saw Uncharted. Oh, Uncharted, that's that one with the, the Tom Holland guy. Yeah. And the Mark Wahlberg guy. Yep. And you've played some of the Uncharted games. I have. So how was the movie? It was a lot of fun. Really? Yes. Oh. There was there was enough callback to the video game without being overly done. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very fun, engaging, rife with plot holes. Yes. So much so that the story got so convoluted that I don't think I was even paying attention to a story anymore. Shit, I could see the plot holes in the fucking previews. Absolutely. <laughs> now, the beautiful thing is that it follows the video game almost to a T. Mm-hmm. Almost. Mm-hmm. In that the scene opens mm-hmm. with him waking up dangling from a cargo container hanging out of the back of a cargo ship. On this chain of cargo containers. I am not spoiling anything because this is every goddamn trailer you've seen for this movie. This is how the movie opens. But they do the flashback. Okay. Interesting. So then they show him getting hit by the car and flailing out of the plane. And then it goes back. Yes. And then it goes back to where you find him as a child. 
okay. with his brother. So if you've played the game, it sounds like they're doing an amalgam of the games, essentially. Because, exactly. you know, he wakes up on a train, not in a plane, which is from Uncharted 3, which has three and f- but four most heavily have prequel elements where you get to see his youth. Yes. It's interesting. Yes. The direction they're taking. Do you think it leaves it open for sequels at least? Oh, definitely. Okay, cool. Definitely. Well, it sounds like they Wide blew open. a lot of their load in this one. Not but entirely, but... They might they... still go ham on uh, Uncharted 2. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Uncharted 2's story is plenty if they wanted to go in, go ham, so... Oh, yeah, there's room. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Okay. I... The credits were rolling by the time Sully got his mustache. So there's plenty of room. Okay. Sully was clean shaven up until the end. The end. Which is exactly what I thought it would be. Yep. So <laughs> after seeing him without it. But you know, as long as he's got the mustache and the rest, that's all. Drake uh, doesn't pull doesn't handle a firearm until like fifteen minutes before the end. Yeah, sounds about right. That should be yeah. a little bit more how it is. Yeah. Shit, the movies were how they wanted the games to be for the first three. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's so it's it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, highly enjoyable. It gives you a lot of um, Indiana Jones feel, mm-hmm. without so much of the uh, suspension of disbelief. Yep. Well, okay, there's a significant amount of suspension of disbelief, but you know. for a video game movie, not bad. Which is good because the video game properties are beginning to be adapted very well. Yes. As opposed to half-assed. It might be that Monster Hunter, the movie, might finally be the last one. That's wrong because the newest Resident Evil. I was going to say, that's not. mm. The newest Resident Evil. At least, okay, so the newest Resident Evil was at least better than anything that, like, Paul Paul W.S. Anderson would have fucking done with it. That's for sure. But, continue. Um, It makes me hopeful for video game movies in the future just because the last couple have done so well. Sonic. Sonic's done very well. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu did very well. Uncharted. Uncharted's doing very well. Yes. Um, Witcher on Netflix, which is a show, but it's still, it applies to that medium. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Live action film version of video game properties. Yes. They're Um, beginning to be done well. They're beginning. Yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. And so it makes me hopeful for the new Super Mario movie, if it's got the right people. Oh, Illumination right. is doing it. Right. So. so if it's got the right creative force behind it, makes me very hopeful for it. And um, it also makes me hopeful for a future of Horizon Zero Dawn movie. Well, you know, Sony really wants to venture into, you know, those things. Well, and I mean, Sony has Illumination, so it makes sense. Yes. And they also have Columbia Pictures, so they could go. They could Go. Yeah, they've got plenty of things to do. And I'm sure that they are working on it, but it makes me hopeful that it will be taken seriously and seen as a very good property if it's done right. So I'm very, very hopeful for Horizon movies <laughs> because I just love the world. The world's so It's engaged. a little ways off. We'll get there. It's a ways we'll off. Get but yeah, but we're getting there. Yeah. Continue. So um, I finished Sex Education. Yes. I'm, 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 champing at the bit for more. Yes, so we all are. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting the next season whenever it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can see why Adam would be a favorite mm-hmm. in there. Oh yeah. Um, Eric is more a favorite for me than 
Adam just because of his reactions to a lot of the choices mm-hmm. <laughs> being made by mm-hmm. uh oh, fuck Aso's name. I already forgot his name too. I already forgot his name. Ollie. Yeah. 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 Maybe? Maybe. Is that him? I don't know. And then him and Maeve finally get together and then Maeve fucking leaves. Yeah. But their love, their love will last. Their love will totally last. Now, it threw me his relationship with Ruby taking the turn that it did. Yeah. Also made me very, very angry. Yeah. Um, Mainly because I was like, she... She had been playing this game with him right, forever. Yeah. Forever. Full blast spoilers for sex education, by the way. Yes. There you go. Since full, we're doing full, that, I guess. Full, right full now. fucking blast. Yes. We've Sorry, both seen everyone. it. We've been talking We've been it up for weeks. This isn't a, a this sex is... education spoiler cast, but clearly, yeah, at this rate, as much as we fucking bring up sex we, education. We brought it up over and over and over. Not that everyone we has a time that we, we have. Exactly. But so anyway, a little bit of explanation. If, if you plan to watch it, Skip ahead a bit. <laughs> Don't skip ahead. You want to see everything. <laughs> Watch. Well, pause this. Go run through the entirety of sex education. Like, come back. But I thought it was really, really messed up the way that she had just been like the whole time being like, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. Yes. And he was fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and changes the game on him and then gets pissed at him. For holding back. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? Yes. I was angry. Yes. I was upset. So I'm glad that it's, it's a TV show that invokes emotion. Exactly. Exactly. Makes you think, makes you uptight, makes you get up in your yeah. seat. And now I wish that I wish that they had been on the same page because I really liked them as a couple. I thought they were going to go places. Yeah. But I realized that's not the direction the show was going to go. No. And I also realized that he realizes what the issue was, even though she hasn't yet. Yes. So that. That's how these things always tend to go. Exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I'm all right. It'll be fine. Cool. That's cool. Perfect. Anyway. Um, uh, what did I say? For whatever reason, I don't know why. I cannot explain this to anyone. I have been watching Encanto over and over and over again. Interesting. So is Sarah. I don't know why, but like in the past like two and a half to three weeks, Mm -hmm. I've probably seen that movie at least 14 times. I think it's the music and how it looks. I'm not sure. We weren't even that in love with the movie. I think it's the way it looks. Yeah. I think it's the, it could be partly the music. Honestly, I think it has something to do with my unspoken yet incredibly strong crush on Stephanie Beatriz, mm-hmm. even though I have spoken of it before. But it is, you know, it is it's raging there. I have a massive crush on her as an actress, as a person, as a female. Just, yeah, I, yeah. I, I fell in hard for Diaz and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm on board for Maribel. Fair enough. So. That being said, I have a feeling that Encanto is actually Spanish for a community of shitheads. Yeah. Those are horrible people throughout the movie. Are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're, they're all horrible. Why? Well, um, because, because Maribel is the only one who didn't get a gift, everyone is treating her like a second-class citizen. Truth. Um, it's not even her fault, and... 
by the time somebody does accept responsibility, who is actually responsible for it, they then she's just like, yeah, it's fine. This is the way it is. It's fine. It's like, no, everyone was a complete and total shitheel to you. Mm-hmm. This is not fine. Mm-hmm. You, They should be accountable to this. Yes. And not one of them is. No. And the entire community is the same way. Like, from Jump, they all know that she's the only one without powers, yet the opening sequence is, what's your gift? What's your gift? Hey, Maribel, what's your gift? And she's, let me talk about my family. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, we want to hear about your gift because we want to rub in that you have no special powers, you shallow cunt. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you rubbing this in? It's so horrible. I mean, if it doesn't bother her. It oh, it bothers her. It, well. it bothers her. It does. But they're they're poking her. Yeah. They're just poking her. They're like, oh, it doesn't bother you, huh? It doesn't bother you. You don't have a gift. That you're the only normie out of your entire family. I... You are the only one that is of no use to this. Are you sure? Are you sure it doesn't bother you? I We're really... going to keep making you sing about your lack of gift. Are you sure it doesn't bother you? And it's like, you know what? Maybe I, leave her alone. <laughs> I worry that the messages in Disney movies are starting to get a little bit off a little bit too complacent a little bit too um a little bit too on the on the side of uh, i mean i don't know if i said this before but i was so so excited for ray and the last dragon yeah was it ray and the last dragon last dragon i was very excited for it yeah watched it i thought it was fine except for the message which really threw me off, which was Raya ends up, they have this big message where, you know, she and basically the villain who is supposed to be her best friend who betrays her because they're warring nations, they're fighting, they're arguing, all this stuff. And they get down to it and her and this uh, person who's, you know, clearly like, she's not the bad guy, but she's an opposing force and they argue and they argue. And then they get down to this thing where they like this weird, audible, subtle message is to not fight and to continually trust people who've betrayed you in the past. And it really threw me off in the way that up until the end, they literally make it so that Raya has to trust. They don't have trust because she got betrayed a long time ago. And Raya the continual message is that Raya just needs to trust this girl who's betrayed her over and over and over. And that's ultimately what happens. It happens to work out, but it's, it's really, it's really, they have to trust her with the magical power or whatever to Mm -hmm. like release the dragons and not have the dark force come in and do this stuff until like literally it wipes everyone out except the last girl. And then because she trusted this girl who's betrayed her over and over and over and over again through fucking time up until their very last chance for this girl to make amends and she doesn't. And then she betrays her again. It's basically a movie of this girl just get, like the good guy basically getting fucking betrayed by the bad guy girl over and over and over and over. And then at the end, what is the moral of the story? You should still trust her. What? Like, I don't like. They're so really... essentially, Disney movies are going in the direction of please remain naive and gaslit. Yes. That's that's the it's last two. Absolutely it. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't I don't understand it and it's really starting to throw me off because Raya was wonderfully an- animated and everything except the message of 
you should just continually trust people who fucking tell you mm-hmm. to your face that you can be trusted and that you can turn around and they will stab you in the back that you should still believe them and turn around when they say to turn around, even though you know they're going to stab you in the back. It was really weird. It was a really weird experience for me. And that, you mm-hmm. know, you're making a point with Encanto in the way that, like, they just keep talking about Maribel. How about the fact that they shoved off Bruno? Yeah, and the same thing. That was the next point I was going to make with Bruno. Because the one bitch that can hear fucking everything, she can hear shit a mile away and all that. She can hear a pin drop on, you know, she can hear a fly mm-hmm. fart in the mountains, yeah. whatever. <laughs> she can, she's got this like supersonic hearing. You know, she's been hearing Bruno the entire time. She's hearing him when he's on the other side of the wall eating meals with them. <laughs> she's hearing him this entire time. And she doesn't say a goddamn word to anyone. Because it wouldn't benefit the family to know that Bruno was in the walls, still in the goddamn house, still a member of the family. He's just not participating at all. Yeah. And really, really wants to. And that's, but he feels like he can't because anytime he does, he will ruin it for everyone else. He know, And he knows this. So this is what he's doing. And then the minute she finds out, that Maribel, the powerless one, went into the tower, got the vision, and is looking at it and everything. She can't wait to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. She can't keep her mouth shut about it. But she can keep her mouth shut about Bruno being in the goddamn wall. It's like, bitch, what are you doing? But we don't talk about Bruno. I guess. <laughs> Who knows? It's kind of right. Uh, no, I mean, you're right. Anyways, Disney movies are starting to lose a little bit of their like actual message and actual value, which sucks because like they were really on the fucking rise. Zootopia, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal fucking portrayal of, of the way fucking, you know, like for it, like um, race mm-hmm. is an issue. You know, um, Moana has got to be the best Disney, not princess in a fucking long time frozen shows that women do not have to be about men 24 7 it's fucking amazing you know yeah but up until raya raya had a really weird fucking message it did not fall did not come through and neither did fucking clearly and kanto hasn't really been doing such a good job either so who knows no and honestly i wasn't completely on board with frozen either so but moana Mm -hmm. awesome movie yeah great movie Mm mm-hmm I think Encanto is somebody processing family trauma. And I think it's the same thing with Rhea. Mm-hmm. The writer, whoever is the showrunner, movie mm-hmm. runner, mm-hmm. the producer, whoever is driving that story is working out some family trauma. And in fact, I had seen that on one of the boards for one of the Disney boards that I follow somewhere. Somebody said, everybody is watching Encanto being like, wow, Abuela is a bitch. Yes. She's she is a horrible person, and True. no one should be interacting with her, except Cuban families or Colombian families who are watching this and going, wow, Abuela is actually acknowledging past trauma and how it is hurting her family. This movie truly is a miracle. Yes, and that's because that's how these, that's how that culture is. True, it, uh, it seems that way. True, but it's like. Holy fuck. If that's the case, maybe you should reevaluate your culture because you are gaslighting the shit out of your kids. And it's just progressing generations of abuse. Could be. Yeah. What else you watch? What else did I watch? Um, I've been watching The Owl House, mm-hmm. which is a great fucking show. Right. It's it's highly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that my niece turned me on to it. Perfect. 
Um, what else? Uh, the wife and I have been watching The Secrets of Playboy. Oh, yeah. You talked about that on the last podcast. Yes, which is a docu-series about basically now these people are coming forward now that Hef is dead. Mm-hmm. The Hefner family is not involved with Playboy. Mm-hmm. And essentially all of the all of the blackmail is gone. Yeah. Burned somehow mm-hmm. or re- returned, I don't know. Yeah. But that was the that was the main impetus of these women's silence for years is that Hef was like, well, you tell people what's going on here and I will release these photos to the world. Of these things you did, of these things that you, you know, the nudes you don't want out there, they're going to go on blast. Mm-hmm. If you say anything about what's going on behind doors. Right. Here. So it's just more of the betrayal, more of the shitty shit, blackmail that's going on. Oh, it's horrible. The, the horrors that were going on behind the scenes in Playboy, which were always kind of suspected, but never really spoken of or confirmed or anything. Yeah. And the really, really horrible thing in all of it is that it's always the women. It is always on the women, and it sucks. It sucks for them. And I, I'm glad that I wasn't even nearly a part of that anywhere. I mean, I was never really – I don't think I ever bought Playboy. I never bought a Playboy. So I didn't contribute at all to the empire. Neat. Good. All right. <laughs> but it's just that, like, they're, they're telling one story about how these these two girls were invited to a party at the mansion. And Don Cornelius, the main guy behind Soul Train in the 70s and 80s, this guy that was a pioneer for black entertainment on television and everything. He essentially abducted these two ladies from this Playboy party and had them in his house, in this mansion in California, tied, tortured, raped repeatedly, sodomized repeatedly, all of these horrible things. And no one noticed for four days No one did anything for four days until one of the girls got loose enough to call out. And instead of calling the police, instead of calling 911, instead of calling their family, they called the mansion. They called Playboy. Yep. And Playboy showed up, got them out of there, and then covered it all up. Of course they did. And... The the amazing thing to me on all of it is that these girls could have called an authority. They could have called the police. They could have called anyone. They called Playboy because they were being coerced. Yikes. They're, if they if they called the police and reported this, then it would get out that Playboy had been doing these things, that Don Cornelius did these things as a result of his relationship with Playboy. And it would have just been this nightmare of bad press. And so Playboy sent out their cleanup crew to take it, take care of it. And they did. And it's just horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. These things that are coming about of the, 
of this is just like, oh my God, none of it is even a little bit surprising. I mean, that's a lot of issues with, you know, like past uh, treatments of, you know, um, women, the fact that like, it's really illuminating the way women who, you know, were in any way involved in the image of their body were subjected to, to sex they didn't want. Yeah. Automatically. Like it was not, it says, it sounds like a lot of the same thing with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's, it's a, it's a common practice with men in power. Yes. Or men with money. Yes. That they, you know, Oh, you want to be in this movie? Well, we're going to do things in my hotel room and you're going to have to deal, mm-hmm. but I'll make you rich. I'll make you famous. And it's weird because it, Clearly was an issue before in Hollywood back in the day. Early Hollywood was like this, but somehow, despite being exposed over the years, continued to fucking happen. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty. It's it's it sucks. It's really it does. bad. What else you watch? Um. There's a there's a Hulu show. Yes. Called Pam and Tommy. Oh yeah. Which is a fictionalization. Yep. Must must make that clear. It is a fictionalization of the relationship between Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson at the time of their sex tape being mm-hmm. stolen mm-hmm. and what resulted as of that. And so it starts with Tommy and his treatment of the uh, construction folks that are building his house. Yes. Which leads to the construction crew that installed his security system and installed his safe. Yep. And then he stiffs them. <laughs> because he they are telling him, I cannot keep doing this work until you pay me for materials and work I've already done. Mm-hmm. I am already X amount in the hole. Because of the time and materials that I've put into this job. You're going to have to pay me for what I've done if you want me to change it again. And I mean, in his book, Tommy has admitted this. That he was blazed out of his fucking mind on cocaine, whatever drugs they were doing at the time. He was like, you know, this is a lot of that time is a blur. I could not tell you with absolute certainty the things that I had done or was doing because it just wasn't there. There's no way for me to know. I was so fucking high. So he freely admits this in his book. Yeah. And then you see it playing out and the guy being played by Seth Rogen, being played brilliantly by Seth Rogen, is like, look, I can't keep working on this job until you pay me for the materials and time I've already put in. Because I can't afford to keep redoing things. I can't afford to keep rebuying supplies as you change your mind daily. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Tommy's like, oh, you can't do the job? Well, then you're fired. And you know what? You didn't complete the job, so why would I pay you? And the guy just fucking snaps. Naturally. And so he's like, I'm going to get, I, I cannot go bankrupt on this job. No. I need to be paid for. And he actually goes back to be like, look, I don't want any trouble. I just want to collect my tools. And Tommy goes, you left me in the lurch. This job still has to be completed. I have to hire somebody else now. And you want your tools back? No. 
you can't get your tools back because of the money I'm out. And the guy's like, the money you're out? What about the money I'm out? And he starts arguing. Tommy pulls a fucking shotgun on him and says, you can get out. Wow. So the guy freaks out, leaves, and then he's like, what can I do? What Literally, what can I do? Because I'm, I've gone in the hole eight grand on this job, mm-hmm. and I've got no money from it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I know the security system. I know where the safe is. I know there's at least cash in it, probably jewels and everything. I can probably make my money back on this. But he finds something so much more valuable than jewels or money. And he, as he's going through it and he finds the tape, he almost throws it away. He's almost like, oh, this is worthless. Mm, yeah. Because of the worth of everything else in that safe. Naturally. But as he's sitting there getting getting high mm-hmm. and he's got all the cash and everything to pay up his debt. So he's good. He's, he's sold most of the guns and the jewelry and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's good. And then he's got this tape and he's just sitting there looking at the tape and it's a high eight tape. It's a, it's an actual higher quality of film that you can't just play in a regular VCR. You have to have the special equipment to play. Yes. So he goes to his buddy who is a porn producer and says, you can play high eight, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I can play high eight. And then they watch it, and it just unfolds from there. Naturally. And, I mean, I don't Did you know. watch the entirety of the series, or some I mean, of it's, it? Or? It's dropping weekly. Weekly? Oh, yeah. okay. So gotcha. it's it's still going. Naturally. And, I mean, it's not a new story. There's mm-hmm. If you followed any of it at all, then you know what's going to happen, what's mm-hmm. coming. So it's tough to spoil. But um, is it good? It's, it's very good. Yeah, the it's, acting looks pretty cool. They look like they're all enjoyable as characters. Yes, the lady that is playing Pam is actually wearing a false chest. Well, she kind of has to. Yeah. Well, I mean, she could get a body double or something, but she's I guess, actually but wearing. Pam is fucking. I mean, you yeah. know, it's Pamela Anderson. She's stacked. Yeah. Yeah. So she's wearing a fake chest, and it, you cannot tell. It. It. Mm-hmm. it the. It's the makeup on it's amazing. Yeah, no, they have the the work done on them is is yes. yeah. The guy playing Tommy Lee is our Winter Soldier. Yes, <laughs> and yes. I'm like he went from beefy as yeah. the Winter Soldier to wiry, yeah, as Tommy Lee, and it's like I don't I don't even understand how that's possible. Yeah, so Lily James is playing Pamela Anderson right now, and then Sebastian Stan yeah. is Tommy Lee, of course. But no, they really they no they're they're pretty fucking wonderful yeah um as people in addition to their portrayals they look they look dead on for being not those people yeah yeah now i don't i don't know all of the so is it it more drama or more comedy oh it's more drama yeah it's it's a bit of both but it's way more heavily drama than comedy and um there are elements of truth in there yes but it's also sensationalized for a story like there's there's bits to it that did happen bits that didn't so you can't really take everything in it as gospel yes pretty much of course not and i mean there's no way to mm-hmm. do it because you'll have the story you'll you'll have their story you'll have the thief's story or the construction guy that turned thief you'll have the porn producer story Oh, nice. So you get to see it from different points of view. Yeah. And are they the same across the board, or do they differ? 
Well, that's what that's what I'm saying is that in the way that this is portrayed in the show, it's uh-huh. all very linear. Yes. But if we were to take the story that they are playing and go to that porn producer, he's going to tell us a story that is completely different from the story we'll hear from Tommy Lee, Perfect. which is completely different from the story we would hear from the construction guy thief, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is completely different from the story that we would hear from, from his porn producer friend. And yep. it would all be completely different from the story we would hear from Pam. Yep. Now, seeing how that sounds af- fun, seeing how it affects both of them mm-hmm. is truly heartbreaking because that and that part you can understand and you can actually get like because they portray them like human beings yeah well and this was if you have you seen the pam and tommy lee sex tape no it is not for you to watch yeah you feel very very gross watching that tape not not because like not because what they're doing is horrible or mm-hmm. any they're unattractive. None of that. You feel gross watching it because this is a couple that is on their honeymoon in love. This tape is for them. And seeing it, you're watching it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. Mm-hmm. Th- this is a loving couple. This, this is for them. Yeah. And the fact that I'm seeing it makes it feel yeah. icky. Yeah. And then hearing people talk about their opinions on it and it's just like it feels gross yeah all of it feels gross and it's just like i really wish i hadn't seen it Mm -hmm. and i'm and i love porn i'm a big big (laughs) fan of porn but watching that movie is just like it and it's completely different from like seeing the kim kardashian sex tape because like this was this was these two people in love and it's it's almost like watching your parents fuck. It's not great. It's not for you. It's not. Yeah. You know, and it's a while, you know, that's a very loving act between two people that are in love and everything. It's not for viewing. So as anyone. opposed to like it says created by Robert Siegel, does he have anything to do with? No, he does. Looks like other biopics, things like that. Yep. Okay, yeah. cool. So, like, it's kind of cool that he's the one doing this. So, in a way, it's it sounds like if it was something that was done, like, by, say, Ryan Murphy, because they're doing, like, the scandal things with right. the White House and the, um, the what is the other one they did? Uh, Versace and the one before that, they did the OJ trial, right. which is, like, these, like, weird portrayals, but they aren't also hyper-sexualized like, say, American Horror Story is. They're, like, really dr- drama-oriented and showing right. these people in their ways. It sounds... It sounds to me like something that is not, well, from a certain point of view, it would be, you know, almost like a comedy oriented thing, but it's actually almost tragic. Oh, it's, it's, it's very, very tragic. It's rough to watch. Like, this is not one that you're going to be laughing every other minute watching it. There, there are occasional laughs because I mean, it's Tommy Lee. Yeah. And you know, he's a goofy guy. He is. Yeah. So he... His struggles with it versus Pam's struggles with it when they discover the theft and then when they discover how far it's gone. Because Tommy doesn't notice that the safe is gone for a couple weeks. Jesus Christ. And when he does notice and he's like, he reports it stolen, Pam's first thought is the tape. The tape was in there. And he's like, 
well, I mean, it was it wasn't like a VHS, so nobody's gonna really watch it. And then they find the website. And the whole reason that it was sold on the web is because no one signed a release. Oh. So you can't distribute it unless you have a release from the people in it. That makes sense. What else do you watch? Um those were pretty much the highlights. The highlights. Uh, watched. Oh. Um I started Cuphead on Netflix. Yes, the Cuphead show. Yes. It's so a, I saw a, like the first 3 episodes of that. Another me too about the first and second. And it's good. Yeah, it's, very it's very good. good. It's yeah. it's funny, it's old school cartoony and it's it's kind of exactly it's just another video game adapt adaptation well done. Yeah. Done well. Yeah. It's I don't, you know, it's pretty it's it's very good. Yes. It's it's an enjoyable show. Even if you haven't played the game. Even if you haven't played the game. And I think one of the cooler things about it is that, like, it is modern comedic timing, but in old school cartoony fashion. Yes. Because, unfortunately, those those cartoons are so far outdated that whether it be just, you know, again, like, the cartoon bird smoking and Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, Robin Williams would not allow and um, things like that. This at least the first example that comes to mind. Or, you know, um, the, the scary things of like racist uh, 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 comparisons or things like that that would make those kinds of cartoons things you don't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to get a dose of that. Yes. In modern day, modern time. And it just happens to be based on the video game that is also old school animated. Yes. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's. Somebody definitely loves that aesthetic and that tone, and it shows. It shows in the game big time, and it shows in the cartoon very, very well. Not nearly to the extent of, like, the video game, but still that ex- that aesthetic is there. Yes. And it's very, very enjoyable. It's very cute. It's fun. I'm enjoying it, yeah. even though I'm only, like, three episodes in. Me too. Is that transitioning um, to me? Yes, that then is transitioning basically, to you. Basically, we talk about these things. And we're going to get to talk about a lot of the video game to um, TV stuff when I start going over the news. But first, what I watched. Um, and I'm assuming what you watched as well, just because it's kind of a thing. Maybe we'll have a whole podcast about it. But The Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. That, we did I finish did watch that. that. It was a little while ago. That was a while ago. Why is it so oddly forgettable? I... I the show was fine no spoilers just in case you know no one's been able to watch it for like the last three weeks but it it's been over for like two weeks minimum why does it seem it was no mandalorian there you go but it also was because they managed to cram the mandalorian in there too and which made it still cool in its way that's pretty much the only thing that kept me on board for the show yeah it was the the pace was odd the pacing was rough. The um, the intrusion of the of the one character that they had, and he did not really look the best compared to his Clone Wars counterpart. Was a little weird for me. Yeah, he looked a little funky. As cool as his inclusion was. Yeah. Um. But then by the end, the finale was fucking amazing. But the show wasn't good until the Mando was in it. Right. And that's what creates the issue for me, at least. Yeah. Now. There, there was one point that I got on board mm-hmm. before Mando so, showed up. The show was good. The show wasn't amazing. Mando's level of amazing until Mando showed up. Continue. Uh, Sorry. 
I mean, I wouldn't even say that it was amazing at that point, but I did. I didn't enjoy what I was seeing until Mando came back. Okay. So because I was like, okay, this is bound to get good. And then I watched the second episode. I'm like, okay, this is bound to get good. Yes. I mean, they're building to something here with this Mm -hmm. portion of the story. They're building to something. So this is bound to get good. And then the third episode, I was like, is it going to get good? Why are they dancing? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the next episode is like, oh, I might be wasting my time. I don't know if this is going to get good. And then Mando showed up and I was like, okay, it's going to get, it, it's good. It's pretty good. And at that point, we're like, well, are we even watching yeah. Boba Fett anymore? Right. It was a so. little, it was a little weird. It was a lot of putting. It wasn't what we expected, but it was more Star Wars and that's fine. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. So. I, I love having more Star Wars. Yes. I'm a little over having more Skywalkers. Fair enough. But, you know, the deep fake of Luke was pretty fucking stellar. Yeah. Which I guess is, again, venturing into spoiler territory. So let's just not. Let's do an episode about that later. Right. About Book of Boba Fett. Like Star Wars thus far. We still need to do a Marvel thus far. Because we've never talked about, like, WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier on this show. We have I don't not. think. Yeah. We now, still have to do a big old Marvel to 2021 catch up. Frankly. WandaVision and What If are the only Marvel shows that I've seen in their entirety so far. You didn't finish Falcon Winter Soldier? Not yet. Really? Really. How? I'm four episodes, five episodes in maybe. Okay. Haven't even touched Hawkeye. Okay. The, I watched the first episode of Hawkeye. Okay, fair enough. I haven't gotten into that yet. And um, Do you feel like they're cramming them too hard? I don't. I don't know. I, honestly, I think my time is just very, very limited. It's kind of spread thin when you think about the amount, the sheer fucking amount of con- content there is to watch. Yeah, there's yeah. just a lot to watch, a lot of, and there's a lot of demands on my time now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to where if my wife isn't into it, I'm probably not watching it. Mm-hmm. Now, if my wife isn't into it and I have like time to sit and watch something, mm-hmm. even if it's playing in the background while I'm doing other things, yeah, that's how I'm seeing it. Fair enough. So like that's how I'm watching Owl House. Okay. But otherwise, I'm the other shows I'm watching with my wife. Makes sense. Okay. So, so yeah, Book of Boba Fett, plenty good. Yep. A, a little weird, but plenty good. I have been watching, per our last discussion on the episode, The Americans. Yes. Which I've gotten halfway through. Yes. And how are you feeling about that? Oh, it's plenty. It's it's. I think it is stellar television. I used to confuse it with Homeland for a while, but I didn't quite realize just how brutal it was. Um, season, oh man, season three had a really crazy scene where they uh stuffed a, 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 an asset of of theirs after she got made admitted to a guy she was working him uh he strangled her to death and their way of sneaking her back down out of the hotel was to snap her bones and stuff her in a suitcase that mm. fucked me up that yeah. made me ugh. i have seen some fucked up shit on some shows and nothing made me as fucking edgy and itchy as goddamn the Americans <laughs> in that brutality of that scene. But it is pretty, pretty. No, it's very good. The espionage aspect of it is very good. Season three. You said season three is where shit gets good and it did get good. It was not nearly as good as an entirety of an of a season as season two. Season two was its own movie in its own right. This is the best 
fucking espionage war story shit I have seen since playing Modern Warfare 2. There's, well, when you finish it, you will understand why it is difficult to keep them separate. Yeah. I feel like season one was a great introduction. Season two was the beginning of multiple chapters that was going to take place. Because what we didn't realize in season two was the fucking can of worms it was going to open at the end of the season. Which is now where I'm at. And as it's gone through season three and the way they, you know, have these morality challenges and the, you know, and the people they work with, the things they do, the things they see, and the way that story just translates and moves along, it didn't really feel incredibly like a whole lot happened in season three to yeah. me. But and I'm also beginning the fact that they picked up from season three to season four the way they did, which yeah. I'm into season four and it doesn't feel like season three ended. I'm like, okay, this is part of one bigger amalgamation that is probably going to come to a head, which is well, clearly going to come to a head by yeah. the end of the series. Well, and there's, there are like four, at least four different intense storylines going on. Yes. And they are all so convoluted and intermingling mm-hmm. that it is just like, Holy shit! It's a roller coaster the entire way through. Oh yeah, but no, I'm 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 loving just the the way that um you know their daughter gets old enough to figure out that they're sleeper agents for Russia and America. Uh, the fact that their neighbor is an FBI agent and they don't really you know they work him a little bit, but um I like th- uh, the the ways in the story that they're you know basically needing their own fucking therapy mm-hmm. for what they did, the way they grew up in Russia, and the way like the world is in America. Um, the fact that, you know, um, the, the wife, I can't remember their names just off the top of my head, but, you know, Carrie Russell's character loves right. or she does not really like it there. She's just there to work. But the husband fucking loves it. And that's because he had a rough fucking childhood, like yes. a really rough childhood. And the way they're coming back around to points of the story where they make sense, it seems like a well done show because they're able to pace themselves the way they want to pace themselves. Yes. So, um, so far, definitely glad I'm watching it easily. Like, I can't think of another espionage show I've seen that is this fucking good. Um, oh. And how intense these things get with the characters and the way they, they talk to each other and, and act yeah. and have the things they do happen to them. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's one show early on, I want to say, that really just kind of took me on the journey with them for the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And um, mild spoilers for the Americans. It's been out for a while. So yeah, if you haven't it, watched it, yeah. you probably should. If you intend to, sorry mm-hmm. about what's about to happen here. But when she meets Martha and hears about the sex life that Martha has with her husband, which is her husband. Yes. And then Carrie Russell's character. Martha, who is the asset that he's been working. Yeah, that yes. he has he has actually fallen in love with and is and he genuinely does actually, cares about yeah, her. Yeah, he genuinely cares about her, which is something that they already knew was going to happen. Yes. They address it. Philip so, and Elizabeth. Philip and Elizabeth. Yes. That's it. Continue. Okay, so when Elizabeth finds out about the sex that he and Martha are having and she's like wow that sounds amazing and then she questions him about it and he's like 
she's like, why don't you and I do that? And he's like, I don't think you can handle it. Yeah. And she goes, well, let's try. And the minute he does, she can't. She can't handle it. Yes. It shows just how damaged they both are. Mm Mm-hmm. That whole that and they try scene right there was just like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. these are two people that have been together for years. They genuinely should have some type of emotional relationship and they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's because they aren't capable of that. They have to be different people. They have to as be as soon as they leave, as soon as they go someplace else. Well, the family life that they have is their job. Mm-hmm. That's their job. And what they're told on their way, you know, we find out in the first season and before they leave the, you know, um, the motherland, they're like, this is the last time you're speaking Russian in this room. You yeah. won't know each other's names. You won't know about each other's pasts so that you can't fuck up and accidentally talk about it when you get over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's yeah. just so... It's very deep, highly interesting main characters. You know, on the surface, it looks like it might be kind of boring, but it's actually just a wonderful character study of like, what what would it actually be like for these fucking sleeper agents? And that is not easy. Your life is a lie in multiple mm-hmm. ways because you're in America pretending to be an American, but you also can't be a Russian who you actually are. Yeah. You know, so and well, again, these guys are just fucking victims of the Cold War just in the way other soldiers are. Absolutely. And uh, these... These are people that are so many different Americans here that they don't even really know who they are. They have like one little kernel of their true identity that they hold on to. And that's all they have. Yes. Because the rest of it is pure fucking fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's their job. And then how does that ravel out when the daughter Paige says, if you fucking love me, tell me. I'm not an idiot. I know you got what you guys are doing is not fucking travel agency. Okay. What is going on? And that's basically where I'm at is what, how they're dealing with that, how they're handling these things. So, oh, Americans, boy. wonderful. Yeah. You are. Oh, I am so envious of your journey. <laughs> so fucking envious. It's all, the it's show is so good. Well, speaking of envious for, for journeys, have you seen the movie Hell or High Water yet? Not yet. Because no. I rewatched it. Mm-hmm. I really think you should watch it. It's on my voodoo, and I really want you to get on it. I really want you to watch it because it's a it's a neo-Western. Okay. Meaning Western in its style set mm-hmm. here. And I probably I'll watch it for the third time. Okay. We were stuck at work overnight for a snow call, and we were just watching movies. We watched Parasite, too. Did you ever end up watching that one yet? Oh, I've watched Parasite. Okay, yes. yeah. No, um, they got to watch Parasite for the first time. But Hell or High Water is such a fucking jewel. Such a jewel of a Western. Um, in the way that it's beautifully shot, but then you also still have, despite it's new, you still have the showdowns. Okay. You still have the brutality sometimes. You still have these characters that might be gruff, but you really like them. Okay. Um, it's got Jeff Daniels. Okay. And that should be about all I have to tell you. Yeah. Chris Pine, too, as well, but, you know, let's, you know, not get hung up on that. Um, watched uh, those two because those are old. And then we went to the theater. Right. to watch something we've always wanted to see together in a theater for the first time, and that is a Jackass movie, because Jackass Forever came out. Sure did. Sure did. I haven't seen it yet. That's okay, and I'm not going to spoil it, because how do you spoil a Jackass even? It's got some stellar fucking skits. It's more practical joking 
and uh, than it kind of used to be, they had to get creative because these guys are fucking old. And every time they do do a fucking stunt like they used to, they get fucked up. Yeah. There's a couple in there that they're amazing, but these guys aren't walking it off. They're being hauled off in stretchers. Steve-O, Johnny Knoxville, they're too old Mm -hmm. to do this anymore. And it shows. Johnny Knoxville got permanent fucking brain damage from the stunt with the bull he did in this movie. It's bad. So they brought on a lot more newbies this time around. So these are people who have always wanted to be on Jackass. Oh, no. These are people who have always wanted to, you know, um, be on Jackass, and they can do the rough stuff. Um, They brought a girl on the team, even, to do the fucking stunts with them. She doesn't get as crazy as they do, though, which is kind of a bummer in my mind because – if you're going to be one of the boys, be one of the boys. You know what I mean? It seems like they take it a little easier on her. And there's even a point during a stunt where, like, something happens and um, Steve Pontius, he's like he, – or Chris Pontius, he's afraid to, like, touch her he, and because, like, a scorpion falls on her boob. And he's like, oh, I need to get it. Can I get it? And she, she, he's like, can I have consent? And she's like, I consent. I consent. Mm-hmm. So you can see where it becomes an issue. Right. You know what I mean? But there also must be a part of consent because there are scenes of nudity, which is – um, the the um, paddle ball dick. Well, and I don't where they squeeze their penis in between two pieces of plexiglass. Yeah, <laughs> and use it to fucking. She's there for that stunt, so she must have been consented to be exposed to that as well. But it, you know, it's a little weird to me. They they didn't you know mess with her a lot, but otherwise the stunts seem mostly tame. Okay, but is it a lot of the you know old gross weirdness? Yes. Does Chris Pontius let a snapping t- turtle bite his fucking dick? Yes. Well, yeah. I like, mean, it's not a jackass movie unless uh, someone's dick gets bitten yeah, by an animal it, well, or something. No, unless or, Chris Pontius's penis is in danger or yes, showing. Yes. So ninety um, percent of it. There is there is a skit called Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Give you one guess what he's doing there, and it is amazing. Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. Mm-hmm. But that's not me. that's not the skit. The part, the fun part about the skit is I'd the live the live rattlesnake in the room and and uh, uh, the live rattlesnake in the room and I'd the fact that everyone. So hard. Go ahead. Everyone <laughs> leaves, and then they tip over the bucket and turn off the lights. Oh no! But Johnny Knoxville has the night vision and gets to run around and slap them, run them through shit. While they're in the dark trying to dodge a fucking rattlesnake, <laughs> no. which, of course, is not actually in the room. Of course not. But they're freaking out. So while he's taking a cattle prod to them <laughs> and, they're, oh, no. and they're afraid they're going to be. This is it's still classic jackass. It's a little more tame than usual, but it is definitely, definitely the good stuff. And you end up liking the newbies a lot. One good. of the newbies brings his dad, who just got out of the slammer. Okay. Just so they can see how a, a big, burly fucking inmate does with scary <laughs> fucking things like a tarantula. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, Bam wasn't in this one, right? He was not. He could not, um, according to the news, he could not pass a uh, drug test to be on set. Okay. Well, no, I. my understanding was that Bam is pretty much done with all of it because of Ryan. Like, he, Ryan has... Ryan fucked him up so hard that he he can't get clean because of Ryan. He can't he can't come out of it. And that is why he couldn't do Jackass. He did not he did not do Jackass because because of Ryan Dunn. Mm -hmm. He didn't do Jackass because they wouldn't let him. He got kicked off of Jackass Four. 
because right. he would not pass a sobriety test on his way in. Right. They would not allow for it because they can't. That shit is not. Well, no, their insurance purposes, the liability that of that. Well, that's what a He's studio older, is. What are they going to do to him? All that stuff. So, um, but honestly, it wasn't any worse without him. Right. So, well, no, but it was worth worse the, without Ryan because he passed away. But one of the biggest things that uh, Bam brought was his parents. Because the shit they would do to his parents, and his parents would take it in stride. Yes. Like, we raised Bam. We know what we're getting into. This is what we're doing. So that was what he brought to the equation. Well, not only that, but, I mean, he was one of the main writers of the skits Mm -hmm. and the pranks and the jokes and everything. He was writing that stuff for them to do. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Everyone okay. should definitely, you know, go in and watch it. Also watched The Kingsman. The Kingsman. Yes, as it was released on HBO Now, um, Hulu, all the all the streaming platforms. Kingsman ended up at the prequel to the Kingsman movies. Um, it was fucking stellar. It was it was yeah. very good. It was it was one of my most favorite war films. Even it ended up being because of you know how it takes in World War One. You made a point of telling me that the plot twists in there. It's still you know a gut wrenching process because there's always you know Kingsman when you you know Kingsman is not afraid to kill off its characters, no. and for that reason you know is able to tell more tragic stories as you go through. And this one did the same and ha- probably was more tragic than the first two even. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it was very good. Uh, didn't know how much I wanted R- R- Ralph Fiennes as a uh, uh, fucking uh, Fiennes, whatever, uh, as a you know um, mm-hmm. main character. But watching watching this old man go toe to toe with these other characters, it was very good. Seeing the original, how Merlin came to be, the our Knights of the Round Table names, all fucking stellar. So I was a big fan of that. Yes. Um, Kingsman, yeah, plenty good. Plenty so of action. I, um, the fight scenes. Oh my god, the the fight scene on the on the battlefield. If anything, you should watch for anyone who likes fucking action movies and adventure movies, is when they are meeting halfway on the fucking battlefield in World War One, mm-hmm. and he says, "I need someone to go out with me because they have a, a fucking they have intel we need." And then they go out, and then the this group sees the enemy group, the Germans, and of course Ralph Fiennes' son is with them. And he stops, everyone stops for a second and sets down their guns in the dead of night. And they're like whispering, they're like, if we, if we fire our guns on the secret mission, all the people on, all, on both sides are going to start firing and we're all dead. Mm-hmm. So it's only melee. They all pull out <laughs> knives, hammers, and they go at each other quietly on the, and I was like, holy shit. This was like, that shit had me on my fucking edge of my chair. Oh yeah. That was that fucking fight scene that gets you like on the edge of your fucking seat for some craziness. Yep. Holy shit. Well, and I, so intense. That's, that's so one of the intense. three things that a Kingsman movie does very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is there's at least one battle Royale scene that is just fucking stellar. Yes. First one was in the church. Yep. Second one was in the jungle. Yes. And this one was on a battlefield in silence. In silence. A World War One battle. In uh, si- oh, my gosh. It's, anyway, yeah. it's the best thing I've seen since 1911, frankly, as far as war movies are concerned. 1917? 1917, thank you. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, to cap that all off, um, well, I guess not cap it all off, I watched a horror movie called Antlers. The wife watched that. It's a newer one, yeah. And that was, you know, it was really sad watching that ugly 
fucking child just mm-hmm. fucking just stress the shit out of that Wendigo, keeping him in his fucking attic, feeding him scraps. Like, you know, that was easily like, you know, one of the, the saddest horror movies I've seen because I wouldn't want to be subjected to being fed and kept by a little kid that looks like that either. Right. <laughs> Fair. These movies are getting good yeah. at introducing basically like really creepy kids. Yes. And then there's the monster. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the monster was a bad guy. I'm joking here. But that kid was probably the creepiest part of the whole fucking movie. Nice. Was the little kid that was in that movie. That's all I have to say. And, and actually, in all of yours, you reminded me of two shows that I've been watching that I meant to mention. Quickly, because we're running Quickly. out of time. I know. I know. I know. Quickly. Inventing Anna on Netflix. Yes. So, wife and I watched that. Um, the girl in it was in yep. uh, Ozark. Ozark. And Julia Garner. I've memorized her name. And that's how why you told yeah. me about Americans is because Julia Garner was right. in that as well. So we watched the entire run of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was interesting that the girl in this movie or in the show, docuseries, whatever, the girl that is doing all of these things knew the guy responsible for the fire festival scam. Yes. And so they ran in the same circles and everything. I bet that's and I exactly like, how that went. Yeah, because I watched a preview. I'm enticed. Yeah, and I was I when I saw that I was like, he was talking about it, and he was like, "This is going to be the thing." And he was taught in the show. The guy is yeah. sitting there talking about arranging this festival, and I'm like, "Oh shit! Oh my god! Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that they would right." Because Inventing Anna is about she plays a character who is just basically scamming all of her friends out of money with fake businesses. Well, and she's, just being... she's playing at being a socialite. Yes. And she is a wealthy socialite that is a trust fund lady from uh-huh. Germany or Russia or something. So she's mm-hmm. got money coming from overseas and it's a trust fund thing. Meanwhile, she is scamming venture capitalists, banks, lawyers everyone into giving her millions and none of them are ratting her out because one they can afford it and two they don't want to be embarrassed and it's the same thing with that fire festival guy yeah the only reason he was able to bilk so many people out of so much money is because one they could afford it and two they didn't want to seem stupid yep fucking amazing yeah i bet i couldn't i was just like oh my god because it, it, you can see it. Every person that has the money that is giving it to her is like, she got me. She got me. I'm not, honestly, I'm not even mad. I'm kind of just impressed. <laughs> Yikes. But they all see, you can see it in their face. They're all just like, I was that stupid. I was that stupid. I did this. Wow. It's, it's crazy. And the other show that I've been watching that I highly recommend. It's just so fucking great. Peacemaker. Ah, the Peacemaker. Did you watch it in its entirety? Not yet. Okay. I'm about four episodes deep. I want to I heard say. it was good. And I was thinking about jumping into that. What do you think so far? Oh, I'm loving it. Is I it? I love it. Even though he was a douchebag at the end of the suicide squad, is he? Oh, he's still a douchebag. And okay. it's amazing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The way they're going with it and it works. They're going, okay. they're, they're leaning hard into it and it's working very well. And there's a, another character in there called vigilante. He's a anti-hero, I would say. 
in that he he is willing to do whatever it takes to seek justice. He's like Batman, except if Batman were an assassin. So he's willing to kill anyone that upsets the balance of justice and everything. And of course, he's got his own moral compass on it. He is Peacemaker's best friend, and he's absolutely fucking hilarious. He is the DC version of Deadpool. So watching this show is like Peacemaker has a best friend that is a Deadpool type I'm character. I'm into it. I'm into it. Now, the other aspect of it that really, really is selling me hard on it is, um, I can't remember the actor's name now. Shit. Um, he played the T-1000 in Terminator 2. I know who you're talking about, but I yes. don't. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You've seen him in a bunch of different stuff. He plays Robert, Robert Patrick. Patrick. That's is. his name. Robert right. Patrick. He plays Peacemaker's dad. Okay. He, who was also If you're a hearing a bell, it's on dragon. our end. Someone outside is ringing a bell for yes. some fucking reason. Who was also a grand dragon. Okay. In the Ku Klux Klan. Gotcha. So that's what makes Peacemaker the way he is. It's a little, it's it's a lot. It's really super fun, super crazy. Highly recommend. Awesome. Check it out. I'm here for it. All right, now there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, moving on in the news. News. Because we got news. Uh, Obi Wan release date of uh, May 25th. Neat. It's coming. Yep. It's almost here. Yeah. We have zero details. Yep. Except for rumors. Yeah. But what aren't rumors are that there is going to be a showdown again, which yeah. we knew. Yeah. Hayden Christensen is in it. Yeah. Oh, great. More fucking Sky- Skywalkers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's everything I want in Star Wars. Well, I mean. More goddamn Star- Skywalkers. I mean, build as long in as the universe. As Damn long it. as it's him. Honestly, like more of Darth Vader, I'm fine with. You know. Which is kind of a... And that's, and that's kind of a central point y- there. Y- yeah. Vader well, is not a Skywalker. Here's the deal. I don't think it's so much about like not wanting Skywalkers. People arguing like, no Skywalkers. How about Skywalkers done right? How about instead of this whole, like, just the entirety of the sequel trilogy was just trying so hard to be a Skywalker trilogy to the point that we were all just kind of like, you guys should have just let Skywalkers go instead yeah. of instead of like being so hung up on it but if they did skywalkers right in that fucking show in that fucking trilogy mm-hmm. would we have any complaints about skywalkers no at all no. no but it's this grasp to do skywalkers right and we are so disappointed that by that that whenever they bring back a skywalker thing we're just kind of like you know what like we got a heavy dose of y'all trying to do skywalkers stop trying to prove you can do skywalkers right because we're just we're kind of fed up with it but at the end of the day i mean you know the shows are still making up for what they didn't do right in the sequel trilogy, which is giving us more of these characters, giving them to us in live action, you yeah. know, because, it, uh, you know, the biggest thing with it is that, you know, we're they're filling in the gaps of things we didn't get to see and we wanted to see. So yes. ultimately, in my opinion, it's not so much like I we all get hung up on like, man, we're kind of tired of the Skywalkers. I don't think we're I don't think there's issues with Skywalkers if they're done fucking right. Well, and the thing is, is that they have been so convoluted over time and these different stories and everything that there is no longer a way to do Skywalker's right. There is a way to do Darth Vader right. Yes. And Rogue One fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. And I am 
completely on board for more of that Darth Vader. Absolutely. Darth Vader was the epitome of evil when we first saw him in the first Star Wars. Yes. And him being just dark fucking evil the entire route through. Uh-huh. Awesome. And then they had to go and be like, oh, no, he's Luke's father. So now there's all this gray area in between good and evil. Yes. And it's like, fuck, that was brilliant. But they leaned hard into that in the sequels. Some, and, something yeah. I'm yeah, so just, very mm-hmm. incredibly here for is just more Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Because we saw, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader bump into each other. We didn't know the history there. Right. Period. In the first. So we get to see that all again, but with the fucking emotional heaviness in its entirety. This is the first one Obi-Wan has seen Anakin the way he is. Yes. Which is why I feel so very much that this whole showdown is going to be, it's going to be so much, even maybe more emotional than their first fight in the way that like Obi-Wan's going to see the fucking monster he created. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So more than not, it's, you know, in the same way that that I think they're exploring Star Wars the right way, which is really digging into it. And ultimately, you know, and this is a big theory I've had with Grogu and Baby Yoda, is that they're going to make a large argument for why Jedi should never have been the way they were before we go 600 in the future, 600 or even 400 years in the future when all these people are dead and gone, mm-hmm. including Rey. And Grogu is now middle-aged. Ray has just started a new academy, which Grogu is now a master of, and he is largely someone who's going to be like, nah. The hmm. the old Jedi mantra of like you you can't have distractions that led to the downfall of the entire original Jedi Order. Why do we fucking act like that? Why do I do? Why 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 did they ever do that? Mm-hmm. No, we're gonna do this. You know, we're gonna see a whole new universe in the future of Star Wars that is different from the Skywalkers. But let them dig into the Skywalkers for now. I'm sure they're almost done with the Skywalkers. So very truly. So I would love to see more Star Wars that's not Skywalker saga. Yeah. I just want to see more Mandalorians, frankly. We are getting some of that, but you know, like I want to see more Sith. I want to see I want to see, I want to see more Sith. I want to see more Mandalorians. I want to uh-huh. see more Jedi. Yeah. I want to see more Coruscant. Oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get the fucking old republic for sure. I we, want we will more get of that the... universe, less of those characters. Yes. I'm sure we're gonna get there. Um we just watched a couple of trailers. Yeah. The Nope trailer nope. for Jordan Pills Nope coming in June 22nd. I'm here for that. That dude cannot do wrong. Really. No, he really he, can't. I I don't think he's fucked up yet. And it looks just legitimately terrifying again um, with the way like, uh, is it aliens? I don't know. Is it all hallucinations? I don't know. But, you know, the one thing we know about it is how we feel about it. Yep. And that is Nope. Hard nope. So he always has bad. that tinge of comedy in his stuff, which makes it just classic, amazing. It's well, funny. and that's that's the thing. He's such a brilliant comedian that it makes it with that understanding of comedy, it makes it way easier to play on our emotions everywhere else, true. which makes him fucking brilliant. Very true. With horror and with with drama. Yeah. Just, yeah. Jurassic World three dropped their first like full size trailer. Where we see just a, a United States of America full of fucking dinosaurs. I hope I I hope everybody enjoys it. I'm not here for it. You're not here for it. You don't like Jurassic. Park? I hated Jurassic World. Okay. I absolutely despised Jurassic World. I was fine with the first Jurassic Park movie. Uh-huh. Second Jurassic Park movie, I was like, okay. Third, I didn't even bother with. Okay. Then I saw Jurassic World, and I was like, this is horrible. 
Okay. This is just not good. I'm 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 done. I'm out. Still out. Not on not on Did no. you watch Fallen Kingdom? What's Fallen Kingdom? The Jurassic World Two. I did not see Jurassic, Jurassic World, World Two. Okay. Electric Boogaloo. Okay. I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. Of the, the Jurassic Park stuff. Now that being said, I mean as a kid growing up with like the Jurassic Park movies, I was fine with them. Um, I didn't notice, you know, two and three were bad until I got old enough to really, you know, like d- pick apart movies and mm-hmm. think about them from a critical point of view. I was fine with Jurassic World in the way that it was a little bit of old and a little bit of new. But also I saw what they were doing from the get go. You can ask like Sarah is my witness. We walked out of that theater and I was like, that was fucking stellar because it's called Jurassic World now. But they don't mean Jurassic World is a new park. They mean eventually by the end of this, they are going to go in the direction that fucking Ian Malcolm always said. Mm-hmm. These monsters will get out and they will destroy everyone. Yeah, I, I called it. I was like Jurassic Park th- or Jurassic World three. The the monsters will be loose, mm-hmm. or the dinosaurs will be loose in fucking America, mm-hmm. and the world and everywhere. I called it, and I was like, "This is where they're going with this trilogy." And now we're here. So for me, I had granted I might have you know I also set myself up for failure in the way you know there was expectations, but I was like, if they're going to take this and make it not fucking hammy, they got to get off the islands, mm-hmm. and they have to bring the dinosaurs over from the islands. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's, we're here now. And the fact that people can't go to a drive-in movie without a T-Rex walking in front of the screen. Yeah. People can't go on a camping trip without worrying about a triceratops just getting moody about their fucking territory and ramming its horns through the fucking side of their camper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something I'm totally here for. And I think it's the direction we needed to make any of this fresh in any way to get people on board and move us in the direction of that story, we had to have Jurassic World. Yeah. And we had to have Jurassic Kingdom, which is, you know, a great movie that opens up to that, explains what's going on with these things, why, and they dig really deep into why gen- the genetic testing is really fucking bad in the world we live in, how capitalism was always going to fucking ruin this, mm-hmm. and how it's going to destroy us, and we're going to destroy ourselves. Yeah. And, and ourselves and all of us. So, yeah. and now we're in the world where it's so big that even the old cast is, is here because we have to find a way to fucking put this shit down. End it. Yeah. It needs to be stopped or else we will. It shows quite clear because of the Mosasaurus and the water taking down the fishing vessel. Yeah. They're disrupting the ecosystem. Oh, yeah. And it's getting nasty. Mm-hmm. So eventually they'll get some kind of, you know, like global spray that missed that the dinosaurs can't handle and they'll all die or something if it's a happy ending. If it's a bad ending, who knows? Maybe it will be a tragic ending. Maybe they want to make a fucking point about global warming. I don't know. So... <laughs> We'll see. It remains to be seen, but it's, you know, also kind of a kid's movie, so I expect them to just, you know, settle it, kill all the dinosaurs somehow with some kind of, like, global mist that doesn't harm humans, and we're good to go. Right. Well... Only issue is it might harm the girl. They can't kill all the dinosaurs without killing the girl, who is a clone of a human. Jurassic World 2. Electric Boogaloo. Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Anyways, um, and incredibly upsetting because a volcano goes off on the fucking island and it becomes a race of how are we going to get these dinosaurs off this island and why are we getting these dinosaurs off the island? Oh, because the capitalists. God damn it. Uh, I mean, I got it in the first movie. Yes. I, I mean, with that first movie, Ian Malcolm's mm-hmm. argument there. The, mm-hmm. the park is of, open. Part of why I absolutely love Jeff Goldblum with the shirt open, sitting there talking about the can of worms being open. That's just that's my jam right We're there. Here for it, I've got so many 
I've got so many heart-shaped buttons of Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yes. Anyway. Yes. So I, I got it from Jump. And then Jurassic World, if they had stuck with the dinosaurs and just leaned hard into the dinosaurs, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. It was all the other story that I was just like, this is fucking horrifying. I'm not on board. I mean, it doesn't help that I'm not, I don't really enjoy Bryce Dallas Howard. And Chris Pratt is better suited to comedy than action, hmm. in my mind. Yeah. So, I, it's not for me. That's fine. Fair enough. The ones who are enjoying the dinosaurs, great. I hope you love this movie. I'm so very ready for it. I'm excited to see it. Uh, cool. Futurama's coming back. I'm so happy for I that. bet you are. Oh, yeah. What about without John DiMaggio, though? What? You haven't heard about Bendergate at all? No. They announced the entirety of the original cast except Bender. The fuck? Because, because they lowballed him. They fucking lowballed him. Jesus. And he said no. And now all the fans are rallying against it, and it is called Bendergate. And he has taken to Twitter to say thank you for the support. And he said straight up, they wouldn't meet my my monetary demands to be Bender. Horseshit. It's yeah. Horseshit. Did I just ruin this whole Futurama comeback for you? I'm 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 not gonna lie. I'm upset. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. It's really illuminated how much the industry does not give a shit about voice actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and. The thing is, is that he has done a documentary about that. Oh, really? John DiMaggio has yeah. done a documentary called I Know That Voice. Uh, okay. And it is about voice actors and how they are just shit upon. Have you recognized him playing Gears of War? Um, He's no. Marcus Phoenix. Is he really? Yeah. Oh. It's cool how voice actors are everywhere. Yeah. And that makes a point of how fucking valuable they are. Absolutely. Like, so we made that that um, documentary you were saying? He made this documentary called I Know That Voice. And other actors mm-hmm. have rallied to his support too because they saw casting for Bender. And they said, fuck that. Yeah. John DiMaggio is Bender. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I think Billy West was saying that. He was like, what the fuck? I mean, it makes sense that they would lowball him because of the limits of his range in the show like he voices bender but not really anybody else uh-huh. billy west they couldn't afford to lowball because billy west does the voice of fry the professor zoidberg morbo or not morbo um but he's doing like seven different voices yeah in the show yeah. M- maurice lamarche is doing like 12 voices in mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. can't afford to lowball him either no but they're also much more utility yes so I, I understand, but at the same time, no, that ain't cool. You can't cool. do that. No. So, I mean. So we'll I, s- I'm, Hulu will have to pay him. People people will not watch the show if it's not John DiMaggio. They just won't. They'll watch it if there's no Bender. So the choice is to write out Bender entirely or get Joe on board. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that's that's the way I see it. No, that's a very interesting outlook on it like they're just not having bender okay and they could slot in another robot yeah i mean make it into something else and unfortunately i I think if it was done right the fans would go yeah on board with it right now with it being 
the way it is. I don't think the fans are on board with it. But no. um, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't watched. I know that voice, but I have heard all of the things about it because Chris Rock really set a fire (laughs) among voice actors. Yes, with Madagascar, when he went and he was like, "Voice acting's easy. You just go in, talk to a mic, and they give you four million dollars." And all the voice actors were like, first off, fuck yourself." Yeah, and second off, "Fuck yourself again." Yes, because holy shit. The only reason you got that money is because you did a movie. Yep. You know, if you're doing several series, you're not making that. No. You're making scale, buddy. Yes. It sucks. It it sucks that it's that way at all. Yep. Uh, I showed you a Halo trailer before we started here. Yes. Um, It's going to come to Paramount Plus next month. Um, And next month. I think it looks great. What did you think of that trailer as someone who's not like a hyper Halo fan, but, you know, so you've played it a little bit in the past with your friends? and Honestly, I think that would turn me on to Halo as a story. Yes. Because, I mean, I, I haven't been able to play Halo mm-hmm. because of the first-person shooter aspect. That Having said that, I have played Halo, just not at, for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Knowing what a Halo is now, because I never even played it to the depth of knowing what the hell a fucking Halo is. <clears throat> now, with that understanding, yes, I'm like, oh, this this could be interesting. You're here for it. I'm here for it. it. Me too. And the fact that you know, watching it, and it's been in, you know, it's been being made for a minute now. But after seeing this last trailer with Cortana in it, with the elites in it, we even saw a jackal with a plasma shield and an energy sword on the field during an explosion. Yes. They're going to have the fucking aliens there. Like, that's what it is. It's this, you know, it's these cool locales, and this guy showing up, seeing about alien technology, there was a a lady that was, like, talking about, oh, these humans don't know. She had these weird tentacle things, which kind of look like the flood a little bit. All right. I think that it's kind of stellar. And it does look exactly like what I would want it to be. The CGI elites look fucking amazing. I'm only I'm only excited for it, so I really oh, hope yeah, it gets a too. second season I'm... because of the way they can kind of explore and things can get better throughout the series. So it's cool that shows have the budget and that technology has come far enough that they can do it cheap enough without it costing a whole blockbuster series that they can do the show and they can do Halo and it can be exactly what it needs to be. Yep. So it looks phenomenal for that reason. Now, Paramount Plus is already going to be making more than enough money with Star Trek that they that this is just going to be bonus. Yes. So depending on how many people sign up and pay, once this drops, I'd say by the third by the airing of the third episode, yeah, we'll know if there's a second season or not. Oh, for sure. Um, we already know that uh, third Sonic movie is coming. And that Knuckles is getting his own TV show. All right. Yep. They had a they had a whole talk before. They're still working on another live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that the CGI Ninja Turtles, being actively developed by Seth Rogen, is uh, going to have spinoff movies about the villains. So leaning heavily into the comedy, heavily into the teenage aspect. Okay. Of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what his pitch is going to be and his aspect on it is. Well, that was always kind of the thing with yeah. Ninja Turtles was that they're teenagers. Yes. 
treat them yeah. as teenagers and not just funny gigantic fucking superhero turtles mm-hmm. um so what they're doing with a lot of these things is really really it looks good um more star trek stuff um the shows have all been like you know renewed for their things and another jj abrams universe star trek is coming with the original cast they've done whatever negotiations they needed to do but star trek 4 is coming yay the initial one save the whales the initial one in the works <laughs> the initial one in the works was apparently going to be a time travel one with chris hemsworth in it as his father yeah Yeah. and they were going to do one where you know kirk is going along with his with tiberius as well right and next to each other and they're doing that stuff so not tiberius um because tiberius was his father i forget what his father's name was anyway that was the original pitch for it but they couldn't get enough money for everyone so i don't know if that's still the plan for star trek 4 we'll have to see um on the note of John Cena and Peacemaker. John Cena has also signed on to another movie. Neat. It is a Warner Brothers movie called. Of course it is. Where he plays a lawyer mm-hmm. representing Wiley Coyote oh, in his lawsuit against Acme oh, for the years shit. of faulty equipment <laughs> that he has used. Oh boy, nice. Okay, I'm fine. With okay. with Space Jam, a new legacy. You know why? Because it opened the door to this. <laughs> it fucking did, and we all know it. More live action and cartoon mix. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. I'm here for it. So much. So much. Because of things like this. Yes. This is amazing. Yes. I'm already on board for this movie. Yes. 100%. I, uh, more and more, I'm on board for, if, if they say John Cena's in it, I'm like, cool, let's yeah. go. I mean, there's I, I, that. you've got my money. The premise on its own sells itself, though. Yeah. Coyote versus Acme. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm now, so here for it. I love the premise. Mm-hmm. I love John Cena as a guy mm-hmm. and as an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm here for whatever he's doing. Just And Wiley Coyote versus Roadrunner has always been uh, that's one, the, the yeah. best lo- Looney Tunes. Yep. Yep. I'm just, oh, this is. I wonder what direction it's going to take because I was always kind of like, ooh. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. You know? Um, Pretty amped. I'm amped about that, too. Let's, let's get this going. Absolutely. When, when can we have it? Speaking of cartoons and live action being mixed, um, I told you probably, you know, like a year ago or so, something, we talked about um, Disney Plus announcing a new Chip and Dale's movie. Chip and, Chip and Dale's. A new Chip and Dale's movie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shirtless men dancing yes. on stage. Uh, Ch- Rescue Rangers movie starring Chip and Dale. Yes. With Andy Samberg voicing Dale. Yep. And John Mahoney. John Maloney. John Maloney. Voicing Chip. Chip. So. We got a preview for that. We did. Um, you sent it to me. And I had equal apart. I had John Mullaney. John Mullaney. I knew we were fucking doing that wrong. Yeah. Mullaney. Yes. I apologize, John. I love you and I love your stand up. Yes. I'm better than this. I, I love everything he does. I promise I'm better than this. I loved him. That being said, I watched the movie. I turned to the BFFF Joe and I said, I'm sending this to Rich right now and I can guarantee you he's going to be as equally angry as he is excited for that weird ass fucking trailer we just watched for a movie so and 
yes, I am equally parts enraged and excited for this movie. Which is the text I got from you like five minutes later after exactly. you watched it. Jesus yeah. fuck. Like, what? <laughs> what is this movie? It is like, I mean, why didn't they just call it like Chippendale Meta Rangers? Yeah, it's uh, because of how hard it dives into the to the fact that it's also like a VH1 behind the music yeah. documentary initially, at least in th- the way they're showing the premise of the Chippendales are old. You know, Chip is still 2D, but Dale got the CG surgery and they're running around a literal world. I mean, why didn't they just call this, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit to Chip and Dale? Yeah. Like it is so hard into this universe of Roger Rabbit being you know real and cartoons are real Mm -hmm. i mean is this in a weird way kind of opening up another roger rabbit movie and is it a portal to it i don't know it's weird maybe i don't know if it takes place in that same universe i'm kind of here for it because oh i love roger rabbit yeah roger rabbit was wonderful who framed roger rabbit yeah is in my top five greatest movies of Mm -hmm. all time but then we also got to see some characters again we saw scrooge mcduck Yep. In there, we saw Roger Rabbit and the Three Little Pigs from the classic cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, where do you think they're going to own it well enough that this is going to be an awesome movie, or do you think that the the tactics in their own are going to be too goofy for this to be anything better than mediocre? I'm I'm anxious to see because while I'm equally parts excited and enraged, the excited part is, oh fuck yeah, I loved Rescue Rangers. I, if they're going hard into the Rescue Rangers bit again, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Cast, cast is also good. I'm enraged because if they go super fucking meta, mm-hmm. I'm I'm over that. Because they're not going to be Rescue Rangers. It's going to be Chip and Dale. It's going to be Chip and Dale. F- uh, as, failed stars. Exactly. It's going to be like fucking, what was it, the, the Surreal Life on VH1? Yeah. It's going to be like the Surreal Life, Chip and Dale edition. Yeah. Which is not what, we, but it looks like there's action. It looks like they're going back to Rescue Ranger business. They'll just be in 2D and CG. Well, and that's kind of the kicker for me is that I know it's going to be meta. Mm-hmm. I know that it's going to be them. Oh, yeah, we were stars of Rescue Rangers and we're trying to get our careers back and everything. And then they're actually going to have to go on a rescue mission to rescue someone or something. And that's and then they go down the bat, the alley of bad CG. Yeah. Then as well, well no, as they're is... trying to rescue whoever they're trying to rescue. That's when they're seeing the animated Scrooge mm-hmm. diving through actual gold coins and the. Um, monster thing that we saw with uh, Robin Hood the, the, torso and the Wreck-It Ralph left arm. And that's and the, the cat who's clearly had some kind of surgery gone wrong. Or Well, and the cat mm-hmm. was the main villain yes. every time in Rescue Rangers. Yes. So, and I saw his head, I was like, fuck, that's it. So he's... That's him. He's there, but he's... And if he's being villainous, then yeah, there's rescuing to be done by the Rangers. Yes. So, yeah, looks it's like just, it'll get back to normal somehow. Yeah. We also got... Now, if you're going to relaunch Tailspin, do not make it fucking meta. Thank you. Go ahead. For real, though? Please don't? Listen. Netflix announced a partnership with 2K. Mm -hmm. They are bringing a Bioshock movie to Netflix. They're finally doing it. How excited are you for this? Oh, based on the fact that Netflix isn't going to tell them no, I'm at a 12 out of 10. All right. The reason why... Um, I don't know who they were working with before, but Ken Levin, the creator of, of Bioshock, the guy with the rights to that stuff, he did not let um, – it was Gore Verbrinski who was going to direct 
um, who did Scooby-Doo, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, perfectly good director. But the I don't remember if it was WB or who they were talking to about the movie, but they would not approve an appropriate uh, 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 budget for it to be rated R. They wanted it to be PG-13. A Bioshock movie is not PG-13. I'll tell you right fucking now. No. The themes in it, far beyond a 13-year-old, so hmm. we aren't going to limit people to that. Um, the gore, the content, all of it, there's nothing in Bioshock that is anything less than rated R. So Ken Le- Leving killed the, you know, killed the subject. Right. Netflix can do whatever the fuck they want with it, and they have that fuck you money right. to give away because they know that investing in, you know, video game content right now is the best way to go. So for me, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I think Bioshock will be great yeah. at Netflix. Absolutely great at Netflix. Um, and then we got a trailer. Sorry, what do you think of Bioshock the movie? <laughs> I mean, based on my experience with Bioshock, yes, I'm on board. Yes, but then again, my experience with Bioshock is maybe an hour and a half of Bioshock Infinite, which is why I was beginning to skip over you without your opinion. I'm sorry, <laughs> and that's fine. No, that's totally fine and but fair. We already I'm, know your opinion on the video game things is that they're turning out right. So, and if they're done the right and they're and shows. brilliantly done right, yes, great, absolutely. We got one more trailer during the Super Bowl. Did we? Yes. For a little little TV show coming to Amazon Prime called yes. The Rings of Power. Yes. Did you watch the Not whole yet. whole minute of it? You didn't watch it? I've got the Super Bowl recorded in my DVR waiting for me it? to watch it. <laughs> I just haven't watched it yet. How have you not watched it? Look at this fucking room. <laughs> and you haven't watched it. You have the first fucking teaser of Lord of the Rings. You have Middle Earth over there. You have the Tower of War thing right next to us. You have how many golems in your living room? Now, my wife saw that there was a Rings of Power. And she was like, what is that? And I was like, and she, oh, we'll get her down here so we can fucking talk about it. I saved it for the last thing because I figured you'd be going fucking nuts over this trailer. I'm going to watch the trailer. Rich, because we can't. <sighs> I'm going to watch the trailer. Would it? Uh, Should I watch the trailer? Just put, fucking put it on your uh, phone so we can. Let's pull up the trailer here. Trailer. I'm trying to be somewhat done here. Let's see. To, Rings of Power, and um. Oh, it's not on here. Rings of Power trailer. I, I typed in R I N, and that's what came up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say this is. teaser trailer. Okay. But, you know, we're going to mute your microphone. I'll mute my really microphone. Cool. No, I don't want to mute it either. I'm just going to make sure that... Oh. Uh, turn it down just oh. a little bit so we don't get flagged what on the? YouTube. Oh. Yeah. It's only a minute long, though. People that are doing the things. I think that's the original oh. Hobbit. I think that is the first Hobbit. Ooh. I really do. That is Galadriel. Oh. That was Galadriel, at least. That was Elrond. Oh, well, I recognize. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, no. The legend. Oh. You see the dwarves? And the Dunedain. Oh. Mm-hmm. A hobbit hand in a, in a oh. human hand. There you go. So tell all me right. that. All right, all right folks. Uh, anybody listening to this? I, I just got harder than Chinese algebra. Wow. Yeah. I I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Like, is it September yet? Fuck. No. God damn it. But. I'm in. 
It's coming. It is. It's coming. It looks very authentic to the same vision that Peter Jackson had to the movies. Yes. They aren't taking it off, taking off in a complete different direction just because it's a TV show or doing their own stylization of things. This looks straight out of the same Lord of the Rings universe we are used to, the same cinematic universe we are used to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm on board. There was like the little hand and the big hand that we are going to see for the first time. We heard the 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 girl going, there's a whole world out there. This is when the first Hobbit leaves Hobbiton. This is mm. when the humans the and the Hobbits meet. The Tooks. Is it the Took? The Tooks? That, mm-hmm. The first one that leaves is a Took? Yeah. That was they the are the most th- curious. That was the whole thing with Bilbo was that he... It, if he were your regular run-of-the-mill hobbit, there's no way he would have left Bag End. Yes. There's no way he would have opened his door for Gandalf. No way. But but because he is a descendant mm-hmm. of old Took himself, mm-hmm. he's got just a little bit of that blood in him that he's just like, you know what? I could do an adventure. And Pippin forces his way into the adventure. And Pippin is like... Per- oh, sorry, Mary. Pure, well... Mary, Pippin, Took. Pippin is pure Took. Took, yeah. So he's the one that's like, yeah, I'm on board. We're mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. So I think we're going to see the inception of the first, you know, reaction of hobbits in that world. It's going to be a female hobbit. Neat. I'm down for that as a central character. Please get me away from things I've already seen. Mm-hmm. I want to see new things. Yep. Galadriel and Elrond, youngins. Yeah. Which totally makes sense to me. I like the prospect of the dwarves mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. because obviously they still have their rings. They do. And the so early Dunedain, the early Dunedain, just I'm um, I'm on board. You're on board. I'm on it's board. Like everything board. we've wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that I probably held off quite a bit because of the Hobbit movies, which I was like, yeah, fucked up hard here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was. Oh, I that was, was a cash grab through and through. Right. There was a lot that was missing from the Lord of the Rings movies that I was willing to forgive. Yes. And they turned out very well. They turned out not quite like the books, but they turned out very well. So I was on board. The Hobbit, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the hell away from this property. You you can't touch it anymore. You, you broke, you, you ruined it. You put Evangeline Lilly in a goddamn movie. Piece of shit. Anyway. So that kind of made me a little skeptical and a little gun shy about Rings of Power. But after seeing that, I, I'm I'm in. I'm on board. I don't think I they can do this wrong. They picked a super they picked a super crew of writers to put together this whole story. I can't wait. And it's already got a second season greenlit. So I'm, I'm on board. We're we're here for it. We're gonna be here for a while. I'm super excited for it. Thank you all for joining us for this movies and T V centric episode We've of We've never Excitement talked about Inc. Legend of Vox Machina. That's okay. We okay. don't have enough time. We don't. Um, but you watched it. Good. I haven't watched it since. Okay. It's a good show. Okay. By next week, I think we will have watched it all. Okay. Right? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Not with, with Forbidden West out and Elden Ring out? I mean, I've seen the entirety of it. Oh, I didn't finish it. You haven't finished it. I can I can make time to do that, though. Oh, that's okay. I can you. make time to do that. I'll um, do it, and then we'll just talk right. about the entirety have of Have you finished Rick and Morty back. yet? Yes, I finished Rick and Morty. We talked about that a little bit, though, in the last one. Okay. I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Well, no, we talked about it a little bit on the last one because you hadn't finished it all the way through yet. And I mm-hmm. said, you I need to finish you, it because I'm I itching to talk to you about this. I told you podcast that I finished Rick and Morty. Thank you for joining us. This is Daniel. Uh, I'm Rich. That was a weird end exit. Yeah, thing. what are you going to do? Patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. And subscribe. That's what you're going to do. I've got to pee.
Me too.